Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In case you don't already know this, the devil, well, he is unoriginal. Yes, he is unoriginal. That is to say, the devil is rather uninteresting and predictable. Very predictable. He does not have the ability to create. He cannot create anything, but can only imitate and copy. He's a copycat, we should say. And so it should not come as a great surprise to you that the devil does not war against Christians by making a creative alternative to the kingdom of God. In other words, the kingdom of darkness is not an equal and opposite, it's not an equal and opposite, an independent kingdom to the kingdom of God, as if there is an alternative to the kingdom of God. If it were an equal and independent opposite to the kingdom of God itself, well, we would be giving the devil too much credit, for the devil cannot create anything, cannot create anything good, cannot create anything good and beautiful and true. Now, if you're a bit confused right now, let me unpack this a bit more. Consider evil itself. Evil is not the opposite of goodness. Now, hear me really loud and clear. Evil is not the opposite of goodness, but instead, evil itself is, get this, the perversion of goodness. It is indeed the perversion, the twisting of goodness. You see, sin is like a disease. It is the corruption of the good. And so for the devil himself to promote evil, all he has to do is come along and throw a wrench into the works of God. The devil does not, he does not have the ability to create again anything that is good and beautiful and true, a true alternative to the kingdom of God, a true alternative to goodness itself. But he comes along. The devil comes along. And he messes up the goodness of God by 
perversion, by twisting, by indeed corrupting that which is good. For example, consider the fourth commandment. Yes, the fourth commandment, honor mom and dad. Now, as you already know, the fourth commandment is about the gift of authority, that authority is indeed a gift. Those in authority are to use their power to protect the vulnerable and keep good order in society. However, all the devil has to do to mess this up, to mess up the gift of authority, to mess up this fourth commandment, is that the devil has to come along and tempt those in authority to use their power not for the protection of the vulnerable, not for good order, but to use that power for themselves. Yes, for themselves. And then right then and there, with the flip of a switch, a tyrant is born. The devil has perverted goodness. Indeed, let us also consider the sixth commandment itself. The sixth commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, it is all about the gift of marriage, about the gift of sex itself. However, all the devil has to do is to come along and dislodge the gift of sex from marriage and then place it in adultery and pornography and prostitution. And then the gift of sex becomes perverted and corrupted. He spoils a good gift. And so things like authority and sex and so forth are not bad. Many times they're gifts of God. However, the devil then comes along and makes them bad when he perverts that which is good, when he dislodges them from their proper and godly use. Again, the devil cannot create, but he comes and he throws a wrench into the works of God. And so with all of this stated, it is easy to discern that all the temptations from the devil, as we hear in the reading from the Gospel of Matthew, all of his temptations are full of hot air. The devil, he tempted Jesus with riches and pride and power. When Jesus, get this, when Jesus, yeah, when the Christ, when the Son of God, when he had unlimited power already, and when Jesus was already the creator of all good things. So while the devil does not control the forces and the wealth of this earth to the full extent, but to a small extent, well, when you really think about it, the devil's propositions are naively awkward. Indeed, they're naively awkward when they're made towards the Son of God who already possesses all things. Again, the devil is unoriginal. He cannot create but can only pervert and he can only twist that which is good. But if this is the case, why is it that we are so easily deceived? Why is it that you and I are so easily deceived by the devil's temptations and his trickery? The answer is quite simple. It's a tough answer to hear as well, is because we do not listen to the Word of God. Indeed, bluntly stated, it's because we do not listen to the Word of God. Now, dear friends, the devil doesn't have to do a whole lot of work on us humans. All he has to do is come along and try to obstruct the Word of God from our ears, keep the Word of God from entering these ears into this mind, into this heart. And then once he has done that, we can come and fan the flames of our sinful nature, our old Adam, you see, when we're separated from the Word of God, when our ears are closed to the Word of God, or when we're distant from the Word of God, and when the devil has us alone with our sinful old Adam, well, we are easy prey. We indeed are very easy prey. Perhaps this is why the Apostle Paul, in our epistle reading from 2 Corinthians, stresses the fact that he and Timothy made sure not to put any obstacles, made sure not to put any obstacles 
in anyone's way. They did not want to pull a play from the devil's playbook. In other words, Paul and Timothy, they conducted themselves in a way that gave no occasion for Christians to stumble and not receive the gospel itself. Paul and Timothy, they knew that the power of the church was not their charisma, was not their power, was not their influence. Paul and Timothy, they knew that the power of the church was not a particular program, a great music set, or great marketing strategy. They knew that the church stood upon the power of the gospel. And so they did everything possible not to throw a wrench into the works of God, not to obstruct the gospel itself. Now, dear friends, when the gospel is given free reign, the church, the church is at its finest. Remember that famous quote from Martin Luther that we've heard before? It's so good. We just have to hear it again. It's such a good quote. Luther once said this. He said, while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer with my friends, the word was so greatly promoted that it weakened the papacy that no prince or emperor ever inflicted such loss upon the papacy. Luther goes on to say, I did nothing. Indeed, I did nothing. The word did everything. Indeed, the power of the Reformation was not Luther. It was not Luther. It was not the German princes. It was not the German resiliency. No, it was the word, the proclaimed word of God. The reformers preached the word. They taught the word. They wrote the word. They were constrained by no man. They were constrained by no force. And thus, the word did everything, and the reformers did nothing. So, what does this all mean? Everything we covered here thus far, what does this all mean? Well, first, baptized saints, be careful. Yes, be careful. The devil is going to work against this church, St. Paul's Lutheran Church, by attempting to ruin what we already have. Since the devil cannot create anything viable, since he cannot create a viable alternative to this Christian faith, his tactics in this church, in your life, will be to twist and to pervert the gifts of the word and sacrament that you have already been given, that you already possess. He will seek to twist and to pervert the good gifts that you already possess. Secondly, baptized saints, mark this. The devil will use everything possible to try and make sure that we do not listen to the word of God. Like one of those squeaky wheels on a grocery cart, the devil will do everything possible to distract you and me, to distract us as a church from the main thing, the power of the gospel. He will do everything possible to create obstacles, to create stumbling blocks and distractions so that we do not listen to the word. Bluntly stated, beware of taking yourself, yeah, beware of taking yourself, others, and the inner workings of St. Paul's more seriously than the gospel. St. Paul's Lutheran Church is just a small church in a small little city in a small and tiny North Dakota state. We are here today. We may be gone tomorrow, but not the gospel. But not the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And so do not let your ears be tickled by a false gospel. Do not be distracted by devilish myths and silly skirmishes and little projects. Keep the main thing, the main thing, 
ears must be open to the gospel. Thirdly, baptized saints, know this. While the devil always seeks to devour and destroy your faith, he works double time when you are far from the word of God and when you hear the word of God in vain. Like a bird picking seeds off of a well-worn path, when you hear the gospel and don't take it in, when it just remains on the surface, well, the evil one has a feast. He comes along and he plucks it right out of your ears. And then the evil one amplifies the voice of your old Adam. And finally, baptized saints, straighten those backs, chins up, hear this. When the devil attacks you, do not try to figure out everything on your own. Indeed, when he attacks you, do not try to figure out everything on your own. But instead, when he attacks, listen to the word. In fact, get this, you can preach the word to the unoriginal devil with defiance. You hear that correctly. You can proclaim and preach the word to the devil. For example, when the devil comes along and throws your sins in your face and declares that you deserve death and hell, tell him this, well, good try. <laughs> good try. However, very unoriginal again. Oh, devil, I freely admit that I deserve death and hell. What of it? For I know one who suffered and made satisfaction on my behalf, O oh, devil. His name is Jesus Christ, Son of God. Where he is, there I shall also be. And if you get tired of preaching to the devil, well, with steadfast, with steadfast and bold faith, you can always mock the devil. Take a cue from Martin Luther. Luther once said this. I remind you, I had to edit this for appropriateness in the pulpit here. Take a cue from Martin Luther when he once said this, when he once mocked the devil. He says this, when the devil comes at night to worry me, this is what I say to him. Devil, I have to sleep now. That is God's commandment. It's his commandment for us to work at day and sleep by night. If the devil keeps on nagging me and trots out my sins, then I answer, <laughs> then I answer, sweet devil, I know the whole list, but I have done even more sin which you have not accounted for on your list. Write there also that I have manure on my breeches. Hang it around your neck and wipe your mouth on it and take everything up with Christ. Then if he won't cease to accuse me of my sins, I say with contempt, holy Satan, pray for me, and then I go to bed. Mock the devil. Indeed, mock him. And so, dear baptized saints, what else can we say? You and I, we live by the power of the gospel. The gospel that is for you. And so rest in what you have already been given while resisting the devil and his unoriginal ways. And lean not on your own understanding, but anchor yourself, yes, anchor yourself in the word of God that is consistently given to you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Baptized saints, you belong. You belong to Christ. Hear that. You belong to Christ, not twisted darkness. You have the word of truth this day. You have the word of truth in his holy writ, the holy scriptures that are for you, not the perverted lies of the devil. You are baptized into the kingdom of God. And so we say, beat it, devil, be gone. I belong to Christ. And Christ 
belongs to me. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you. I